Welcome to the Sideline Live podcast. Subscribe for more episodes and follow our social media at the Sideline Live. We'd love to hear from you. On episode 20, I'm delighted to be joined by Irish Senior Women's International and former Quinnipiac University guard Adele Thornton. On this episode, we had a brilliant and honest chat about her career, overcoming challenges, and much, much more. I hope you enjoy. Hi Adele, thanks for coming on the podcast. No problem, thanks for having me. Uh, can you give a little bit of background uh, into who you are and what you do? Um, yeah, I suppose um, my name is Adele Thornton. Um, I play basketball for Ireland and currently playing for Trinity Media Super League team as well. Very good. Uh, so you grew up in Cork. Talk us through your, your underage career down there. Um, so I grew up playing with Brunel Basketball Club. Um, I played from when I was a child up until Super League. Like I played with them forever. Um, it was a very, very fortunate match. Like I absolutely adored everyone around me. It was just unbelievable like I couldn't have asked for a better start to basketball like yeah. we won a lot every year like it was just that always helps <laughs> yeah the winning is the best part like and <laughs> someone tells you it's all about taking part no absolutely <laughs> <Yeah>. not <laughs> I mean the winning taking part is a big part of it but the winning makes it so much better yeah Absolutely. And um, hard not to mention you were the under 18 and under 20 National Cup MVP. Obviously, that was huge from a club standpoint. You won both. But from a personal standpoint, MVP in both games, I don't think that was ever done before. Um, Not before that, but like just from the club perspective, like having two teams in it was phenomenal. Like mm-hmm. The year before we had won the 18s and it was re- like just amazing for us as a club and we saw how important it was to everyone mm. and then being able to go back the next year and win two was just absolutely sensational and it, it was lovely honestly it was brilliant to win the two MVPs but just that camaraderie that we all had like it didn't matter at yeah. all and like I know a lot of people say that but genuinely we didn't care who got that ball once the cup was ours like yeah yeah I know what you mean so I'm interested to hear with um you schedule with Brunel and I know you probably play schools as well what was your side sorry what was your sort of uh schedule with the training and how much sort of extra practice would you do when you were younger um I kind of just like remember when I was in secondary school say um like the schedule like that um Mm -hmm. on a Monday evening I would have say under 18s Possibly when it's coming up to cup, we might have an under 20 session in there as well. Mm-hmm. But usually we'd have under 18s and then go straight to Super League. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a Tuesday, I wouldn't have any training with a team. And on Wednesday, we'd have... Did I? Oh, yeah, I had two sessions on a Wednesday as well. So under 18 and Super League. And then a Thursday, I had school or else a Friday. Um, and then on a Friday, we'd have a shoot around with the Super League team as well well um and then we might have one session over the weekend as well but um I think a lot of the practice was I had a lot of sessions but they ended up being on the same day sometimes which was good like I did an awful lot alone like not alone with other teams but it was never like you know it wasn't a mandatory event that you had to be there like I did an awful lot just on our own back like we'd go up and shoot around on our own and stuff like that yeah okay I know what you mean so what what would you practice then by yourself or if you had a couple of friends with you 
Um, I was never a good shooter, but I would do a, a, like a lot of it and a lot of like just moves. And I, to be honest, I was never very sophisticated with what I did. Like I just went to, and I was just working hard. Like it was, it's so crazy looking back on what I do now, like and seeing what I did as a kid, I was running up and down the court. Like I, there was no structure to it. I was genuinely just enjoying myself but working yeah. hard all the time and like okay. if there was a free little slot in the hall someone would ring and say Sean like to my dad there's no one here no one came for training and I'd be over like I lived so close that any little time they had they knew to call me like and I'd be there yeah. so brilliant. everyone was just amazing like that like yeah yeah that's brilliant because obviously the big thing in Ireland is a lot of basketball clubs don't have their own hall or not even that but they don't have a lot of access so players like it's not like in the state you can go in and get free shots up all the time because you'd pay mad money for the hall but like that's great that you were able to go in and and practice as much as you did yeah a hundred percent and like it's just even if a game was cancelled like someone would let me know oh the game's cancelled and maybe two or three of us would end up shooting when there's another game going on and like the broken hall, you know, there's two courts of somebody. There's no one on the other. It's full of kids all the time. And that's just the way we grew up like. And it was just, I think looking back and that's how we all fell in love with the game. Like just, we were there so often. And like, whenever we got the chance, we were shooting. Like it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, You did the takeover the other day, which was brilliant. And you mentioned briefly about um kind of European championships. When did you start to get involved with the Irish setup? Uh was it kind of later on in your career? Uh yeah, it was. Well, in terms comparing it to what age the kids are now kind of getting into it, I'd say. Although I I was probably about 15 or 16, had an under 16s team, but it mm-hmm. wasn't like to go to the European Championships. It was just Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was I don't know what happened the previous year, but we weren't going. Um, and we knew that when they started it, it was kind of a development squad two years long for the under 18s one. Um, okay. But we got to play teams like England and Scotland and Luxembourg. And like, it was an amazing experience and making that first under like they did pick a team yeah. um, and went to Luxembourg. Um, it was incredible. Just actually solidifying like, okay, I'm actually good enough for this. And that's, that was kind of when I think it sunk in that I was, good enough to be there um, and yeah. I never really thought about it before mm-hmm. um, but it was about under 16s yeah and then we went to the under 18 European championships mm-hmm. and, you th- and do you think that experience of going abroad do you think that kind of broadened your horizon to look you know there's a certain level and standard in Ireland but when you go abroad I always think your mind is open to there's another level here and there's another level and you know what I mean? Like you're kind of comparing yourself against the others and like, well, they're doing this, so I need to do that. Definitely. I th- think um, I'm very like, looking back on it now, I, I still kind of get upset that we didn't get to go to that under 16s one because I think mm-hmm. it would have prepared me more for what to expect that under 18s. Mm-hmm. Um, like up to that point, we had never played that level of competition before. We had yeah. played smaller countries, but we had never played the likes of Germany and Latvia and Estonia. Like mm-hmm. they, that was our pool. And like those are powerhouses. Yeah. Didn't have an idea of who. Oh yeah, like our coach tried to set us up as best as he could. But sure, like I was playing in the hall, and he was telling me I'm playing against powerhouses of Europe. Like you know, just trying to relate <laughs> to a 16, 17 year old. I was just like completely. And I mean, that was kind of my way anyway. I always knew that we were always the underdog. Like, and yeah. if we won 
be amazing. But at yeah. the same time, annoyed if we lost. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And how did you find the whole going abroad? It's the championships. Like, how did you find that whole environment and the atmosphere? It was brilliant. Honestly, like us as a team, we were very close at the time and we really stuck together. Now, things things get hard and you really learn who you are in the adverse times. And like mm-hmm. we lost a couple of games like badly, but mm-hmm. we all still stuck together. And the win, I think we won two games in the end and it was just amazing because we had all been through the same thing together. And being abroad, like you see what you wouldn't normally see with your teammates. Like people are like really upset because they didn't do something right or they're genuinely if somebody sees someone down, the other person goes to pick them up. And that's just something like, even in the hotel, like if somebody saw someone was down and mood, somebody always was there to, ha- to help them. Like, and yeah. I think that's one thing that like really helps when you're playing in Euros is being away. And mm-hmm. they're the only people that you can go to. And that really yeah. brings you close together. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, as we were saying before we hit record, the little bubble, the Irish, the Irish bubble. <laughs> yeah, 100%. there's nothing like it. Yeah, and how did when did the idea kind of come into your head about going to the states? Was it kind of take us along that timeline? Was that always a dream when you were when you were younger? I'd love to go to the states, or was it kind of later that on that you kind of discovered the path uh, to it? Um, it's crazy because like when I was a kid, um, you know, when you write in your journal and like just a copy book. Um, your news and my thing was my mom had it I think she probably still has it now like just a little notebook and yada 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 whatever like my goal I want to it was I want to play basketball in America Mm. when I was a child and like I'd say I might have been at first like I had just started basketball at this stage and like on the way up up about under 14s like there were always everyone was better than me like and um I didn't make a Cork team when my teammates did and I didn't make my monster team and like yeah. everybody was on the monster you know like in my yeah. eyes at that time everyone yeah, was yeah. on the monster team and like I didn't think I was good enough but at the same time like my mentality never shifted from I want to do this like, yeah and I just kept pushing and then I got to about I'd say I was about 15 or 16 and it started to look a little realistic. It was around the same time when the Irish team came about and yeah. kind of people were talking and uh, I made the first one, the under-16s, and um, a couple of people in Cork were like, oh, you should, more so to my dad, because, like, I didn't have a clue. Like, I was just playing, like, and um, yeah. like, oh, she should look into going away and whatever. Um, and then it kind of just all came around near fifth year was when I yeah. started really talking to colleges and, like, okay really it looked realistic like people that had been there before yeah were talking to me about me going and I was like okay hang on they've done it they're either doing it or they've done it and they think I can do the same now I can and I know I can and somebody else has my back yeah exactly and that's interesting that you said that you didn't make the cork and you didn't make the monster teams but you made the Irish teams and you made and you're, you went to the states like yeah. it just shows it doesn't really matter like you know the way if you don't some girls probably would have quit you know what I mean if they didn't make the team but you kept going like you know that's it and like it's funny now because the coach is like he apologized a few years ago and was like we were joking <laughs> about it and like 
I mean, if he didn't call me, like if I wasn't good yeah. enough, I wasn't good enough. Like it was a day trial. I don't like, I don't want anybody to think, oh, this person has to be on the team because of that's who she is. Like, yeah. no, the person's not good enough to be on the team. Don't pick them. Like mm-hmm. that's my attitude. Like, and then <laughs> it's just, it's crazy now looking back, but I think genuinely that that pushed me on. Yeah. I was like, I'm not, and to be honest, I'm glad. I'm glad it happened when it did because yeah. if I went through life without ever not making a team, then would I still be the same player that I am? Like that's the way I look at it. And it all it all happened for a reason, as cringy yeah. as it is. Like it did happen for a reason. And I'm I'm very thankful that I actually was cut, to be yeah. honest. That, that it just that, drove me on. That's that what I a lot of that's what a lot of players say. They say, look, if I wasn't cut from that team, I wouldn't be the player I am today so that's that's really interesting that you said that because I think there's there's a lot of pressure on on younger kids to make these teams at really at really young ages and sometimes like that's great but at the same time like you don't have to be on those teams to be still be successful like 100% and like I think that's you hit the nail on the head there like a lot of kids are under pressure a lot of the times the pressure is unnecessary yeah like you said, you don't need to be on the teams. Like, of course you want to be. And what yeah. made it harder for me anyway at the time was that there was, I think there was like seven or eight, seven or eight of us went and I was the only one that didn't make it. Oh no. That that drove me crazy. And like, I was genuinely like, oh God. And when I got the email, I was kind of like, ah. Uh, and I cried, but I was grand. And then yeah. I found out everybody else made it. And I was like, right. And that just flipped a switch. But like my family were always just like, all right, toughen up next one. Like that's it. Just, I didn't yeah. have time to kind of dawdle around and be sad about it. It was yeah, just. Yeah. You were gone down to the hall. <laughs> I was out back or someone. <laughs> <laughs> so chat to me then about, you were saying there, um, you were talking to a couple of people that were in college or had been in college who who was kind of giving you that advice and kind of saying oh you should look down that route and what were they kind of what like what advice were they kind of telling you at the time um I sat down um with Orla O'Reilly um mm. a couple of times and she would practice with me and stuff and she kind of just sat me down and told me what to look for gave me a couple of schools that like she would have had looked at before um <clears throat> and Claude Scannell and Jessica was great as well um Claude trained with me one summer when she came home from Boston um, and was pretty much going back to tell her coach like whatever like had I improved on this or had I improved on that and whatnot and they just like couldn't thank them enough for just the small pieces of advice like it wasn't the big things it was like look for this or do this and don't do that and like Claudia was just on to me all the time oh yeah that's a good thing like do you know they were just they took time out of their lives to actually think I was worth their time do you know like mm-hmm. that they really thought that I deserved their input and their advice on what they'd experienced like and it was mm-hmm. just it was so needed because I had no idea like all I knew at that point was that look the Americans are the best in the world mm-hmm. I need to go play there that's that mm-hmm. And out of interest, in case there's a couple of people listening that want to go to the States or have offers or any of that, what are, what are those little things that they were kind of telling you to look at or kind of in hindsight that you saw or you kind of, like what like if you were to sit down, let's say, if, let's say technically if I was going to the States and I'm asking you, 
like and we're having that conversation but now you're Orla what would you tell me to look for um I would definitely say look beyond basketball like obviously it's a massive part and you need you need a good little structure like Mm -hmm. you need to fit into the program but it's much more than that and I would say like particularly look around at the people like the one thing that a lot of people ask and we get a lot of recruits like when I was there Mm -hmm. and they would say oh like how did you know the school was for you and every single person on the team was like I just got a feeling yeah every one of us like as soon as we got to campus we all got a feeling and you can't explain it it's just I remember being there and the the I had been there the day before me and my dad were like right great solid this is the one and then I got to QU and I was like oh my god like it was something it was because like we were so structured and I was like this is it like this is where I want to go but I was so scared to tell my dad because he was like yeah we're going to the other you know (laughs) but like it was just the environment and the people are so important because like yeah it's great if you're in a program that's winning all the time but what happens when you lose does everyone get mad at each other like what goes on there and like Mm -hmm. because you're not playing basketball all day long like you're going to school you're being around other people like you're meeting a lot of people so like I would say the people are the most important to look at and mm-hmm. a key thing like it's a bit of both is how long the coach has been there okay like looking if, the, it's, if it's a new coach you could be in on the right track sometimes it's a little bit uncertain and like the school might not even know the coach yet yeah and that's a big dynamic that I mean you shouldn't, re- you shouldn't really be looking into it but at the same time it's, it's a, a dynamic you don't want to ignore um, how long the coach has been there and like looking into where you would fit in on that team because mm-hmm. if you're going in and you're a point guard and there's six point guards there you're not going to play yeah not that you're not going to play but you're a freshman you can be yeah. guaranteed two of them are seniors you know mm-hmm. and they know it better than you mm-hmm. it's it's pure time mm-hmm. like it's not your talent they simply know it better than you because they've been there longer yeah yeah exactly that's really interesting you said about the coach because you know the way you see all the transfers kind of and people kind of coming home or or it just doesn't work out in the end sometimes that's because a coach is let go new coach comes in and they have who they want and you know what I mean so that's really interesting but when you were how did you reach out to the coaches because um did you like have film and then you just sort of emailed or did you use people's contacts or how did that sort of work for you um I had film recording games um for quite a while super league games mm-hmm. um, and we put together like a highlight tape but i had we had all of the games as well um, okay and then i started to reach out um boston university was like the first one Claude was there at the time so mm-hmm. like we we're going back and forth with them um and i suppose i sent i'm pretty sure it was an email with the highlight tape as well like mm-hmm. everything was involved in it um to a ton of coaches like there were coach there were schools I sent that thing to that I had no hope <laughs> in getting like, no. and like in my naivety like I had the notion I was just like yeah look I'll send it to them if they go back to me grant like mad but um yeah I just sent it to a ton of people and um, Susan Moran who's in St. Joe's now yeah. she got back to me mm-hmm. and uh, she gave me a ton of more contacts and Quinnipiac was I got them through her. Like she gave me the contact for that school. Um, 
So yeah, and then to be honest, the schools that come back always look for a full game. Okay. They are a couple of full games because like you, everyone looks good in a highlight tape. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. not going to make your mistakes. Even, even me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And that that's interesting because I know there's there I think it was was it Jordan Blount was saying for his younger brother he couldn't get tape. And that's yeah. like the really big thing is you need tape and you have to be able to show and as we were saying, full games. So that's interesting. So you actually, you went to visit a couple of colleges but with QU as well. What, were, what colleges were they? Whew, um, I'm trying to like go in order of where we went. Um, Maryland, Loyola, Maryland. Then we went up to Ryder, who's in the MAC as well. So I played okay. against yeah. Uh, and then we visited Hartford as well, which okay. is in Connecticut too. It's not very far from QU. And yeah. then QU was our last one. Um, and I was talking to Binghamton and Boston, but Boston had a coaching change, like you said. It was oh, okay. Yeah. And oh, that coach went to Binghamton. So then he kind of continued the recruiting to there, which Binghamton is where Orla went. Yeah. And she was like, it's kind of like very out of the city. And like, okay. I, I'm. I live in Cork City, like, and there was no way that I could have yeah, been yeah. that far removed. There, was it one of those towns where they're just like a Walmart and that's it? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't oh. even there. Like, it was, and I mean, like, the fact that I was being recruited by another school was fantastic, but I just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, something that you kind of keeps coming up is kind of those Irish connections, and it's always interesting, like, um, Daryl Sullivan was in, who I had in the last episode, he was at Winston, now CJ's there, so it's like, you know, it's like these these connections that just keep growing. And because you went to QU, that might mean in the future, someone else might go. You know what I mean? And yeah. you're kind of building up that Irish connection in the States. Yeah. And I think um, that's kind of on you as a player then when you're there. I know for me, it was a lot like I have nobody in the school knew another Irish person. Like nobody on my team might have known another Irish person bar yeah. me so I like I have to live up to a certain standard and that's the way yeah. I kind of carried myself around it mm-hmm. um, but yeah I think coach my coach at least wants another Irish girl like and okay. I'm glad, like I'm happy for that because it was an Irish girl there before me years ago Kim yeah. and like if she was you know it's natural it's human nature if you associate a culture with a particular person and you didn't like them yeah. she's not going to go recruiting there again like yeah. not like unless it's somebody spectacular but you know, <laughs> yeah. has like a connection with the culture yeah it's easy for that person to look there again in the future yeah yeah no you're dead right um chat was there anyone actually was there any irish people in qu when you were there out of interest yeah um so on the soccer team uh jess gargan um she was the same year as me as well so like oh was, good yeah. so nice when we'd meet bump into each other in the cafeteria like and it's just it was so lovely um, yeah knowing that there was someone else there as well and um the coach actually is Mimi Clark's uncle the soccer coach oh no way yeah, yeah. so I met him and I was like oh like it was just crazy like yeah. you know, was, that's man. cool yeah yeah because yeah, I was gonna ask how did you find that first year of being over there like being away from your family how did you find that um it was it was tough uh I won't lie like it was pretty tough I'd say like uh, September and August were sorry September and October were the roughest for me um, okay and now it wasn't every hour of every day I was longing to be at home it was just mm-hmm. 
those that was the harder portion of time um, mm-hmm. and were they was that when the games started or was that more sort of pre-season it was pre-season like I hadn't played a basketball game we didn't play a basketball game till November and it was like oh god there were so many rules around when you could train how yeah. many could train who could train like it was bizarre and um, okay. so like we couldn't be on the court as a team until like October at some point. So okay. we would do individuals. <sighs> Somebody says an individual, like shivers run down our spines. Like they're <laughs> the hardest things ever. You're like, still scared. <laughs> oh, they were so, I'm not joking. There was one, <laughs> myself and Carly Fabry. And like, I was sick. And she was half injured. And somebody else was sitting out. There was two of us between three coaches and he was oh, like Jesus. and I was like <laughs> it was so hard but like oh, oh God. crazy but like those two months I didn't know I was going home for Christmas either oh so okay it was just like searching for flights will I make it can I, yeah. do can I do that and like I think that uncertainty didn't help me no definitely not especially first year like maybe potentially second or third year you, you wouldn't be maybe yeah. as worried like you said worry because you want to go home but it's first year like that's really hard and how does it work for for Christmas out of interest how do like do you have to try fit it fit that in with the schedule then yeah so um if if you have an a pro, like a good amount of days in between the games you yeah. can go okay um, it didn't you couldn't like um now first year I'd say we got three days that was the shortest I got maybe three days at home okay um, halves or days were traveling yeah and um, so it was the case of you flew in on the 22nd and you left on the 26th like that right. was it. yeah that's hard just being there for that day and honestly the hard days before that were made easier knowing that you were going home yeah like, it's as simple as that you had something to push for like mm-hmm. push for in terms of like outside of basketball yeah 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 you always need kind of something sort of off the court I think to kind of keep your keep your mind going and when you got to America with those individuals and all the the team stuff did you find there was kind of like you were obviously at a really good standard but was there certain areas that you needed to really improve at what were those specific kind of things um well as soon as I got there I wasn't as fit as anybody else okay wasn't um strength and conditioning wise like I didn't lift before yeah. I didn't lift at all mm-hmm. I did for the year before I went because they had set me a program and like I needed that prep but not to the extent that they were doing it like they're okay. prep for they have the facilities they have everything um and I suppose just basketball knowledge like yeah I knew how to score that was about it like okay. honestly like, do you know I just they were they had a higher IQ than I did and I found that quite difficult because like I knew how to work hard but sometimes they were just working smarter than me and they were still working hard but their energy was going to the right place yeah okay right and how did you work how did you improve that side of the game did you just watch loads of film and just ask loads of questions yeah I am I watched a lot of film and I was (laughs) I was taught how to ask a lot of questions (laughs) without asking a question it was an issue (laughs) oh like it was this one distinct play I remember and like there's so many different types of screens I had no idea look I was set a screen that's it you know yeah didn't know there was different names Mm -hmm. the coach asks 
what type of screen was that? Because we had certain rules that you would always go for a flare screen. Yeah. I didn't know what a flare screen was. So yeah. like I didn't know what and like I took the quickest route and like it was the wrong route, but I did, I couldn't understand like yeah. why why can I not go this way? As a senior, I was able to shout at the freshman and be like, no, you have to go over it because this is what's coming after. Yeah. And like at the start, I didn't understand those connections. And like, I just was like, that's the fastest way there. And I was being like, I didn't want to go over the screen because I was getting hit. So yeah. like, it was just harder. And I would run and run and run. And the coach is like, what kind of a screen is that? And I'm like, I have no idea. I literally stood there. The whole team broke down. <laughs> Everyone laughed. I was like, I don't know, it hit me. <laughs> oh, but like, I watched a lot of film and I just was drilled into asking questions. I learned from the people around me because they were asking questions. Yeah. And like, I learned the mm-hmm. right question to ask and who to ask certain questions to. Like, you're not going to, I, if I'm supposed to know the answer, I'm not going to ask the coach. Like, yeah, yeah. It, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it's just learning like, how to and like why I think that was the big thing is why why we do this yeah you know don't just do it like you have to kind of know the understanding that's interesting as well you said listening to other people I always think if you have a question chances are someone else has the same question so you should ask it because other people are going to want to know and if potentially if you don't ask someone else going to ask a question that's the thing and like I know when I came back like the summer and I was training with the Irish team I'd ask to too many questions like they were killing me and, like they'd all made fun like and I remember the girls being like do you have any questions now like we, <laughs> like we would have been told to do a sprint and we're all on the end line like hang on do you have a question <laughs> and like it was just because I know like if I don't know it and like that's my mantra now if I have a hint and doubt or the coach is like does everyone get that and they look around and I see someone's kind of like I'll ask it myself because I know look Someone mightn't be as like confident enough to yeah. ask a question in front of a group. Yeah. I'll ask. No worries. Like I yeah. don't mind. I was always that way in school as well. I asked the stupid questions, but like <laughs> I didn't know the answer to them. So there's know, a team there's going here, Adele. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to slag him. And how did you find you were saying there you you were kind of going on the screen during getting hit? What was that physicality like in the States? Something else. And like See, you're playing with people like I was used to playing with people older than me and yeah. fitter and everything, like, but they were much bigger than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like if it was a post player setting the screen, like mm-hmm. they're big girls, like trying to get around that. And they're setting good screens, they're not just yeah. there. And everyone knows how to come off them. And I mean, the physicality was another level, and it was just it was different because the fouls were called a lot easier there. So like the point guard, you couldn't have your hand on the hip. It's a foul. Like if you touch the point guard twice, touch them. Like if somebody hit me and I went into them, that's a foul on them. Like, okay. So you have to be like, the physicality is fitness and quickness as well as that, because you actually have to be a better defender because all fouls faster. Okay. Okay, yeah. that's really interesting. So talk us through your your years there. So really successful, actually, a couple of MAC championships, three times the NCAA tournament, I got that wrong for the takeover, and the NIT as well. Like, that's that's pretty phenomenal, like. Yeah, it was, it was class. And, like, in the moment, we didn't, like, not that we didn't appreciate it, it just didn't sink in what was yeah. going on. And, like, I'm, like the MAC 
for the three years that we won it, it was kind of expected. Okay. So it was almost like, all right, we need to reach the goal. We need to get the goal. We need to do this. And it was always like, that was it. Yeah. And like, just winning it then was incredible because especially the year that we went um, to the NCAA tournament, the first year, mm-hmm. um, we actually lost, I think it was three to four Mac games in the regular season, like on the trot. Okay. And it was just horrific. Like, because okay. we were supposed to be they, winning yeah you know and we weren't and we were like oh my god and it ended up a coach bringing us all in and like we'd all give a little spiel as like why we were there and like it just brought us it connected us so much more and she knew what she was doing like mm-hmm. like we'd lose this game and oh my god like i mean she shouted and roared as well but she knew what she was doing with bringing us together yeah um, but then we went, we ended up that year was the year we went to the Sweet 16, like, and we lost yeah. four. And then the next year we won again. And like, just the way you never, we never got tired of the winning. We always wanted more. And it was one of the best environments I've ever been in. It's just like, now I'm, someone would make three threes in a row. They'd miss the fourth and be mad. Yeah. Like that was the type of attitude. And okay. we were always striving for something more all of the time. And you were never satisfied and it was just incredible to be around that all the time. Yeah. And how did you find that first NCAA tournament? Like there's obviously big buzz. Usually there's a big crowd and you went on a really good run that year as well. Yeah, it was, it was class. Like we were down in, so we had won the Mac and then the, it was the Monday and then we were waiting around until the following Monday for selection Monday. And like that first time, like you're always super excited, but I didn't really know what to expect. Like I'd never watched it before, you know, yeah. I didn't really know what was going on in, t- in terms of the selection show. Like mm-hmm. you don't really hear much about that, but that's a, like a really big deal too. And I remember we got back to um, the locker room afterwards and coach, she's delighted. Like we had set our sights at the start of the year was that we were winning, t- we were winning in the NCAA tournament. Like without it, like, yeah. He was like, I want to win two games. That's what she said at the start. Now, bear in mind, we had lost the MAC championship the year before my freshman year. We were coming in September and she was like, I'm winning. We are winning two, two games in the tournament. And that, then we lose four games in the MAC and we're like, oh my God. So like when we were in that locker room, it was just when she saw who we had and was like, all right, we can beat these teams straight yeah. up. Like there was no, I think it stemmed from her immediate reaction mm-hmm. we will beat these teams and everybody else you felt it yeah you like, bought we it never questioned it like we never yeah. questioned we lose it was like okay we how do we beat these two teams we're going to do it that was mm-hmm. it and it was just as soon as we got there like everyone's family was there and it was just so nice and it was in a lovely place in Miami and like people could walk around and there was no kind of she wasn't really not structured but like we had time to spend with family she was like look oh, this good. is a once in a lifetime opportunity yeah. we're not going to be training all day long and like we're not going to watch film all day go spend time and like if we had dinner and um, a lot of teams would like eat together but mm-hmm. she would eat in a place where the families could come as well so like players families oh, would go eat with them Do you know it was those yeah. small things that made a big difference yeah and did your family get to come over for the tournament yeah, so my dad flew out with my aunt to go to Miami. Then um, when we won, he flew back and 
came back again. Like he was there. He got home on the Tuesday and flew back out again on the Wednesday <laughs> to come to California. It was crazy. Like um, he loved it. Yeah, oh, that's good. And I think it, it, I can't remember the year, but he's came up against UConn one of years. I know, I know you lost that game, but I'm just interested because you know they're the the powerhouse and they're the you know the four in a row and all this. What was what was that experience like? Um, again, crazy in the sense that we actually thought that we could beat them. Or <laughs> like, I'm not joking. Like the night, so we beat Miami, and we're all kind of. We went in, um, see, coach is very superstitious. So, like, okay. when we were at Miami and we won, they got us, like, this um, ice cream buffet. So, like, a lot of ice cream in the hotel and, like, loads of sprinkles and, like, toppings or whatever. We all had, like, ice cream later yeah. on that night. Yeah, um, yeah. And then she got the same thing the night we beat Miami in Yukon. Oh, okay. Connecticut. So, we were like, oh, my God. And then Mountain comes in, our assistant coach. She's like, right, this is the game plan. Meanwhile, we're all eating ice cream <laughs> that time. And we were like, okay, we can beat them. Here we go. It's yeah. Just like, it was insane. Like before the game, we were so focused and I genuinely, it's, it was hilarious looking back because we really, really were like, okay, this will do it. And it was like, nobody, our game plan, nobody shoots the ball until there's 10 seconds left. That was okay. Like, okay. Give them the least amount of time that we can with the basketball that was the mm-hmm. rule and as soon it was great like as soon as a shot goes up everybody runs hold yeah goes, like one shot and done like we were sitting in film like what is going on but still okay this is what we're gonna do yeah. just not play like ourselves at all <laughs> yeah yeah I know what you mean were they do you think they were the toughest some of them were the toughest or potentially the smartest players you played against or was there any other team that really stood out for you um yeah they were pretty good like very good in the sense that like they never looked like they were working hard okay it would do your head in like it was just it was crazy they were just flying past you on a break and they were just that's it you know there was it was just it was incredible like they're the most talented people that I played against but I think um the toughest teams wouldn't necessarily have been like the most talented you know yeah like South Carolina were so hard like mm. they were probably the toughest like we really okay. struggled against them okay. and obviously like they won the national championship but like yeah we, were, we struggled against them a lot like and were they just defensively just like every- just everywhere just really hard like foot to the floor just 100% go all all the time like just they were a nightmare genuine yeah. like because we would shoot a lot of trees but their length you couldn't get them off yeah, yeah. like they're faster they were just always one step ahead like it was if that was one of the toughest games of my career and okay. we were I was a sophomore and like we were on a big stage and it was a lot it was a yeah. lot there was a lot going on and you know not that we knew, but like, see, we had gotten our goal of the two wins and we were like, all right, let's yeah. see what we can do here. And we all went out with like, okay, we'll do our best. But it was never, it wasn't the same as it was with UConn in the sense that okay. we could be, you know? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And with the, you mentioned there with the with the film, I'm interested with like post game, I'm always interested. Would you have sort of a routine? I know the team would do film, but from an individual point of view, would you like, in terms of ice baths mobility would you kind of note down anything would you look at 
sort of your touches during a game in the film or anything like that? Um, so post-game, coach would kind of come in with her and they'd have a statute. Yeah. Somebody did something really good. She pointed out, or like if somebody had a double-double or had a lot of rebounds, or I was always particularly interested in my assists. Okay. Or turnovers. Like, I didn't care how many points I had. Like, if I had more than 10, I had a brilliant game. Like, honestly, like that was brilliant you know but yeah that was kind of my role was assist like yeah set the game up for everybody else um, okay so I had a teammate once Adley and we would give each other these little targets um to get to so like after that we would always look at the targets then um, and it was just kind of a way to focus ourselves on different stuff and make ourselves better like and yeah. I never really watched film right after the game but okay. I would always note like if you played two teams like in the Mac, if you played them before, what worked first then for the second time? Okay. Okay. That's really interesting. And would you write down, I always think like when I've, um, I play football and basketball. So when I have a bad game or a good game, which is fairly rare now, but I kind of write down what goes, like what kind of went well and what kind of didn't work. Would you, would, would the team or would you, you yourself have done something similar like that? Or was it just those targets you had? Um, we would do something in the kind of similar as a team in the sense that like if we didn't and it was never very formal it was very much like we all knew the expectations like nobody really wrote them down okay. at the start of a game it would be right, written down by coach like on the board or like oh, okay. we had a goal for the practice like if it was like say it was a Tuesday and you had a team on the Friday we'd yeah. start our scout then so we'd watch and then we'd start like scout practice. So like a certain portion of training would then be dedicated to running their plays yeah. and us spending the plays. And like she would have a certain goal for those little instances as to like, we need to do this, that then everyone yeah. was annoyed. And it was more on us. It was a lot of accountability on the plays and like, especially seniors, like that's your job. Like make sure everyone knows what they're supposed to do. Like, Okay. Okay. That's really interesting. So chatting then about your schedule with in the States, um, kind of with those, with lift, with the training, with the film, with all the extra stuff and with classes, what would your week sort of look like? Um, I mean, we'd probably have one day off, uh, potentially. Gee, that's, I feel like it's been so long ago, but we yeah. have one, one day off, maybe a week. You had to have one day off every two weeks. Okay. Um, so we would have usually you'd have a double header of games so like um you'd have class monday to friday if you're missing a class like you would have a note like they'd be given the note at the start of the semester mm-hmm. like why you're missing the class um but usually we, we didn't sometimes mm-hmm. you did now sometimes you did um but it's just you go to class homework practice you do it's not as it is very demanding, but it's not as debilitating as people make it out to be. Okay. You know, like you have some time. Like yeah. you're not just training and going to class all day long. I mean, it's it it is tough. It's like a job. Like it is. It's hard, but it's not. That's not all that you do. Like you have a life as well. Yeah. Um, but it is. It's tough, but it's worth it. Um. But like, say if we had a game on the Friday, you might have a day in between, and then a game on the Sunday. We'd have okay. the Monday. Yeah. Okay. I know what you mean. So they were kind of 
giving you a bit of free time and stuff. And when you started to kind of get to sophomore, junior, senior, you were saying there you were close to Hartford. I know John Carroll would have overlapped there. Were there many, did you get to see many Irish over there? Were you in contact with some of the younger players, kind of giving them a bit of advice? Um, I know I didn't really see many, but Anna Maguire was actually in my conference for oh, a no year. Way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Anna went to St. Peter's, so when we'd play each other, we'd stop and have a chat. Like it was, it was yeah. lovely. Um, but I didn't see. I don't think I did anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't remember like meeting a lot of Irish when I was there. My um family would have come out, but that was what. And I had some family in Boston, but I like, you have time, but you never have enough time to go. Yeah, to play. yeah. You know, like it was just. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those kind of things. Yeah, that's pretty good. So you came home, you graduated, was it um 2019 or yeah? So you came home and you uh you're now in Trinity doing your masters that we were chatting about, and you are playing with Trinity Meteors. Talk through that decision of coming home and uh going to the Meteors. Um, I suppose like I never actually not that I didn't think I'd be home, but I didn't know that I'd come home like it was never the plan right away okay um so like but I knew I wanted my master's so like that was the goal was where can I go get my master's while playing yeah and then I started to look into different courses um and I knew I was interested in the field of like I didn't really know what it was to be honest with you and then but I did psychology and I was like, I, I always wanted to do something where I felt like I was helping someone mm. um, that didn't have the ability to help themselves. Yeah. Um, or they did. They just didn't have the resources. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I read, it was crazy. Like I read up on behavior analysis here in Trinity and I was like, this is amazing. And mm-hmm. I'm not joking. Like I'd say the same week when I started looking into schools, Seamus, Stanley, to me he was coming over to Yale and Yale was super close to where I was like he's like oh can I meet up with you because he felt like he knew I was interested in doing a master's yeah and it just like fell upon me like just the opportunity was there yeah. and like as soon as I called my mom and dad I was like that's like I could go to Trinity my dad yeah. was like you're going <laughs> there was no, no thought about it you are going there like okay. oh, crazy but yeah, yeah. So you didn't really, not to say look for it, but it kind of, the opportunity just presented itself. And sometimes they're sometimes the best opportunities. Yeah, I mean, like, it did just present itself, but like, it, not that it didn't come out of nowhere, but like, I didn't expect that. But at the same time, like, it was, it just arose. Like, and I knew, like, it, it arose from all the years before that, you know, like, and I, yeah. I, had, I knew Seamus and I knew Maeve and like, I knew people here. So like, it was, it was honestly brilliant. Like I yeah. wouldn't have expected it to come as naturally as it did. Like yeah. So you're on um scholarship there. So you we were saying you're in accommodation and you've access to the gym and everything. So do you play college basketball as well as the Trinity meters? Yeah, I play with Trinity's a uh, college team too. We had a brilliant year last year. It was fun basketball. Like it was yeah, brilliant. And uh, Hugh Kilbride is the coach and like just such a character like we had an absolute ball and he made training so fun but yes we were a good team like we were actually very good like yeah <laughs> just it was crazy to, like I honestly we joke about it like I oh, would put in a super league team like <laughs> we would have we been good enough like <laughs> <laughs> and how did you find then coming home 
and uh, playing in, I know the, he's won the National League and you would have been in the Super League this year, but how did you find coming home, coming back to, to Ireland and playing the kind of Irish style of basketball? I struggled for a bit. I did okay. adjusting back. And I had, to be fair, I had a bit of um, leeway, like, because I trained with the Irish senior team that summer. So yeah. like, I was back into it before the season ever started, like, and getting back into the, just the toughness and the grittiness of it. Like, the co- I was lucky, like, the school that I went to, we were super tough. Yeah. And, like, very much the closest thing to Irish basketball that I could have gotten, I think. Okay. But still very much very structured. Yeah. We didn't look it, but, you know, if I was running a play and somebody didn't do it, I knew why they didn't, like, I knew they didn't do it. It was crazy. Yeah. Like, I knew where someone was supposed to be, and if they were not there, like, I knew, you know, it was just, it was yeah. bizarre. But, like, okay. I valued that, and I didn't realize how much I valued it until I didn't have it anymore. So mm-hmm. when I came home, I didn't have that level of structure mm-hmm. that I was used to. So, like, my creativity had to come back up. Like, I had to learn how to score without this and without that or you know, I didn't know where my team it was going to be. Like, you know, yeah. whereas in the States, like... You were nearly pointing at them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, um, I love, I love playing basketball here. Like, I just... Yeah. It's just something different. Like, you go into a gym in the States, and, like, that's part and parcel with that fact that I didn't know anyone over there. But, like, you go in, you warm up, you leave. Whereas yeah. you go into a hall in Ireland and... You're talking to someone for half an hour yeah. before or after the game. Do you know, it's just so much more connected and that's not nothing wrong with the States. It's just that yeah, just we have to be like. Yeah, 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 that's it. And you obviously won the National League that year, obviously really successful. I think that was that was really close. That was probably one of the last games that was on before COVID, was it? Yes. Yeah. It was <laughs> the weekend, the weekend before. So it was this Saturday and the Sunday, we played two games. Then... We played our college final on the Wednesday. That Wednesday was when they, like, at the game, they cancelled varsities. And the following day was when Leo Radker came out to say that it was, everything was closed. Right. But at least he's, he's won in the yeah. end. Because <laughs> that was it. to miss that. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. And then, obviously, during this summer then, um, what were you sort of working on? I know the the, the championships would have been on for the Irish senior women's team. Obviously, they were postponed right. this year. Um, before that was all cancelled, what were you kind of looking at to improve after that year? Like you were saying, your cre- your creativity was one of those things you had to kind of bring up again. Yeah, so I was I was working a bit on that, like just to make it more natural and bring back the way like I would have played a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of fitness stuff, like I just mm-hmm. found it tough for a while, like playing basketball with no end in sight, like it was. Yeah. it was hard honestly like there was I didn't know what was going on like it was mm-hmm. one of those times in my life where I was like eh like I went on a run yeah nine times seven days like I was like oh, I'll go for a run today and I never had that chance to just kind of be away from the game a little bit yeah like when I got back I was like like it was just I needed that little room to breathe a little bit and then okay I enjoyed an awful lot more now because I think genuinely I just needed a little a little bit of time mm-hmm. to realize how much I gen- truly appreciate it because like it was like a job for a long time and I just I loved it and I love it still but like it was a lot and I, when I got back it was trying to make it fun and enjoyable and and like you said 
be more creative, mm-hmm. but I wanted always to be the fastest defender. Like, and it's, I'm trying to get back into it here now on my own. It's a bit mad, yeah. but like having a quick first step is just something that I value so much. And I, I lost it for a while. And once I got it back and knowing how much easier the game is when you're faster is, oh, yeah. it just makes you want to push yourself that bit more all the time. Like, yeah, that's really interesting. And do you, that's interesting you said about enjoying it and this time away has kind of kind of brought that back because I think for a lot of players that's that could have been the same situation they would have been because you know when you're kind of in the season you're kind of going right what's next what's next what's what's next you're like oh this is like a job like I'm going out doing all this and I have to do all this running and all these like gym sessions but you kind of forget like you you didn't fall in love with basketball because you're doing gym sessions and doing sprints you fell in love because you love the game like that's it and um I actually had a a ref once so in the states um the ref would bring the captains in at the start of every game and like there was this one ref and every time she'd ref a game she'd give a little anecdote before she'd start and she said um it just hit a nerve with me like and she said um whenever you're like not loving it or you have a bad day or whatever just play for the little girl that fell in love with the game and like that Aww. just put me and like I don't know I was really cr- like yeah. I am an emotional wreck like <laughs> you so, met your sister here <laughs> like before she we start the game all the girls are laughing at me because they know I was like tearing up before <laughs> but like it was just it was that and like that's what was wrong and, like and I don't know why I I couldn't put a finger on what it was like I love training I love playing all of it like I love every part of it yeah but there was something that I was like there was no like want to go do it and I was like hang on I'm just gonna give myself a second to breathe because I can right now and like and I think like you said a lot of people could have been in a similar situation but nobody spoke about it like no one wanted to admit that I don't really feel like doing that today I was just like look I'm gonna give myself the time to make Mm -hmm. sure that when I come back here and I'm working hard I'm enjoying myself and like I did and I was all the benefit of it like genuinely Mm -hmm. because I'm so used to just pushing through, pushing through, pushing through. But sometimes I just needed that little breakaway and went straight back in again. And it was, I was all the better for it. Like I didn't stop working out, didn't yeah. stop doing stuff that would help basketball. Mm-hmm. Just took the ball out of the equation for a little bit and then it was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting you said about people not speaking about it because it's kind of, it's not like, you're not like, I'm not going to have an issue if my teammate says, oh, I'm hating this. But like, you, can't, you don't want to be saying it. Do you think, do you think teams and players should, say it a bit more like not even to the coach just to each other look you know what Adele like if I'm training with you like I'm not really enjoying this I kind of I need a kind of like not even a week or I just needed I just need a day away from like I don't need to do that I can't go training because I just need a, a, a day to kind of give myself a break yeah I mean honestly that I I would think yes mm. um, and I, I can see why people would be afraid of it and like for quite a while I was afraid to say it last year mm. and like you know I know that like me going around saying I took a little bit of break from basketball some people might look at that and say hang on like what is she why is she saying that you know yeah. like she can't say that she yeah. should be saying that because some other little girl now might do that no like I needed the time for myself and like yeah. that's all like I'm not gonna if somebody can push through and push through and push through and keep doing it keep going like I did yeah. it as well it was just I actually it was a forced break mm. that I needed like I had nowhere to actually play basketball like I didn't have anywhere to play so I once I got away I was like hang on 
I needed that like do you know yeah and I didn't go it was the fact that I didn't really like there was a hot like a court outside I didn't go and choose to play there that was what I'm saying like I didn't choose yeah. to do it, but like I just needed that little time to love it again like I, I never stopped loving it but I wanted to just enjoy it a little bit more and like and like you said I do think people need to talk about it a little bit more but at the same yeah. time do it the right way mm-hmm. like you don't want to say no I'm having a bad day I need a week off no like do you know yeah. it's not it doesn't work you like can't that. no no <laughs> yeah yeah it's just whatever but like like and we had won we'd won an awful lot but like I was still like do you know I was for like I said it was a bit forced because yeah. I had more to go but at the same time it was needed yeah okay that's interesting um with the current lockdown uh you're currently in trinity what's your you have access to the gym and the court because you're uh on scholarship what's your current routine with that over lockdown um so thankfully like trinity sport have been brilliant um so i get in on a monday wednesday and a friday to the gym and then a tuesday thursday and saturday to the court okay they're all on my own but like yeah it's brilliant like it's just it's given me like an opportunity like I said to just work on the things that I want to get better at on my own yeah. and now I'd love to be with the team because you can't simulate the same kind of environment at all like no. trying to pretend that somebody's setting a screen for you and the, the defense is doing it and then the next defender is gonna like it's a lot but yeah. still in touch with it and like I'm enjoying it so much like I am oh, and if somebody looked in they think there was I was <laughs> like, I'm having the time you're doing sprints a big smile on your face or something <laughs> yeah like I just I don't know I just something came back that like when I was young in the hall and I was doing all this stuff like it was yeah. just just worked like that again and it was it's been brilliant I genuinely love it oh that's good yeah that's class and what are you working on in the hall when you're busy smiling <laughs> just uh shooting a bit of ball handling I'm terrible like I don't like to dribble the basketball so I'm trying mm-hmm. to get a bit more comfortable with it like yeah you no know, ball can go the ball can move faster so I try to get that thing up the court as fast as I can yeah um, but yeah just get a bit more comfortable with my handle and um a lot of shooting but a lot of trying to pull up shooting like coming off the dribble and stuff yeah um, I can be quite, quite comfortable with that okay so, yeah and out of interest with the gym then because I know there's potentially people don't have access to SNC programs and there's this big debate about it in Ireland what are you currently doing in the gym that potentially people can replicate at home potentially younger players um with the gym see I do have the Irish gym have given us a program okay like there's a lot of out a lot of stuff out there like there's a lot of resources and mm-hmm. And especially younger players, like I wouldn't be too, I know I mentioned earlier that like I wasn't lifting and a lot of other girls were, but like you don't need all these big weights, just Mm. body stuff, like Mm. a couple of push-ups, you know, like squats. It's not that, it's not that difficult and you don't need these big long rigmaroles of names of exercises (laughs) to do what you want to do. Like just look up and see what you want to improve on and then you'll find something on the internet it's incredible like just find something and work on it yeah and as you said do the body weight stuff like don't be jumping to start doing 100 kg squats and bench press and all this especially as a child like no way yeah yeah um 
what was I going to say? You're, you mentioned there you were, um, the Irish team gave you a program. You recently had a Zoom call with Drew Hanlon. I don't know who that is. He's a well-known NBA skills trainer. What did he kind of chat to you about and what were your takeaways from that call? I think the major takeaway for me personally was like what you can do without a lot of access to stuff. And like he gave us this little um, narrative. I'm going to absolutely rip it apart here. I probably will get it wrong, but it was like, He'd have three little triangles and three goals and you would, he would kind of break them down into smaller goals. So like, okay. but very specific, like, and he was super specific on everything. And he's like, well, you can't say you want to be a better shooter if you don't know which shot and like very, you know, okay. detailed and just intricate with everything. And yeah, I found that really cool and like how you could break things down in a smaller little into a lot of small steps to okay. get to the goal but like sometimes I find that when I think about it way too much like I I'm a perfectionist yeah without the perfection like I try to do everything <laughs> to the best that I can and like if I can't give something 100% it does my head in so yeah. like I try to go for one goal at a time sometimes yeah. so much on my plate I'm like yeah ah. <laughs> Yeah. right okay that's really interesting because I've seen his um I've seen his YouTube workouts with with um all the players I know he he does a lot with Zach Levine just as one example and he was even like even as you were saying that details like he was pulling them up on this tiny thing I think it was like his hand placement or something like you wouldn't even spot that you know what I mean like it's just these tiny tiny things but when you're at that level that's going to make like that's going to sell the fake to the defender or it's not like Oh, he's incredible. Like he showed us some clips on uh, Bradley Beal on like his shot and where they where he had the ball, where he started the ball. Yeah. Like where he started it. And we had Dave Love, a shooting coach from the NBA, talk to us as well. Yeah. And he said that on my shot as well. And I was just like, this is incredible. Like just the time that they have to look at somebody yeah. with such detail. It's insane. And like my dad is <laughs> He would just completely ignore all that kind of stuff, but I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. look at the results, you know. Like, and I, yeah. my dad would be like, look, the team that wins scores more points than the other teams. So put the ball in the basket, like. Whereas <laughs> he just took another aspect of it, like this will help you put the ball in the basket, you know. Yeah. It's, it's great, and he was brilliant. He just, he was very, um, like he broke it down very easy for us, and he kind of just made it simple, which is what we needed. Yeah, out of interest with Bradley Bill's shot and with your shot, what was he saying about the place and was he saying to, like, what, what was he kind of advising on? So, like, um, Dave Love did say, like, I catch the ball and I, I have a pretty quick release, like, so when I catch it, it's... Gone, I, yeah. I was kind of... I don't know, like, it just... I never really worked on that and I, somebody picked up on that when I was younger, like, I just caught it ready. Yeah. Um, never really knew that I did it and I wasn't a great shooter like I just that was how I caught the ball yeah um, but he recommended me starting it lower to give it more of an arc okay bring it closer to my body yeah and that was what Bradley B like he had it out further rather than in closer and then his feet and um, when he landed weren't far apart they were close together when he missed and when he would score they were far apart but like my feet if anything are always super wide because I need all the help I can get to get the ball to <laughs> so like it's crazy just looking at it and like I think taking what Dave Love had shown me and then actually seeing it put into work with um 
drew hand and was crazy it was really good like yeah that sounds really cool even there you're saying like the fact that he could spot his feet you know what I mean like his feet were too close together but when he missed and then when they were wider when he scored like that's that's incredible I had that when I was uh, in the states uh, one of my coaches picked it up on me during my first year um and I would land on my other foot because I was afraid I was gen- like I would shoot a three and naturally I would land on one foot before the other and he picked up on it like that's the level of detail they're going into yeah like I would land differently with when I had the injury and like it took me a while to get over that yeah. and my left thumb would implicate the ball yeah I actually and had I- that before yeah my hands hold like I just, my hands are going, like, people laugh at it all the time they're so small I can't hold the ball one hand, so uh, I'm practicing yeah that's mad and did they would they have done that a lot in college would they have really like gone into those things as well like you were saying the one foot thing yeah um to be fair like I kind of approached the coach like I wasn't shooting well and it was annoying like it was yeah. just I was annoyed and I had the resources to figure it out so he sat me down a lot and we watched an awful lot of stuff and I wasn't sure if it was like I I wasn't getting to the right position to get the shot off like did I know the play well enough like what was going on he picked up on the the thumb um, and then before that we had previously like without the film in action was able to say you're landing wrong like okay I mean it was obvious like it was yeah obvious but I thought it was it was like I would shoot in a boot with another teammate from the three and we'd like one foot. Sure, like I was just repping. Yeah. Landing yeah. on one foot. What what injury did you have that caused you to start landing on one foot? Um I had a stress fracture in my left um metatarsal, so like the oh, bone sugar. top of your foot, yeah. Yeah, was that when what year was that? My first year. Oh jeez. <laughs> like why it was so hard, but yeah. That was from all the training. Um, I think it was from like the level of impact, but um, yeah, it was just my feet were really like misaligned, and there okay. was a lot more to it. But um, yeah, it was just a lot of impact, very fast. Yeah, and that uh, that wouldn't have helped either with kind of first year struggling to kind of get used to the states and all the style and stuff. Yeah, it, I mean, it was just before Christmas. Uh, that I hurt it mm. I had hurt it before I was actually talking to a friend last night we were joking but like I remember going into the locker room and it's like that's I'm pretty sure I broke my toe and then <laughs> they're all, all like, like definitely not <laughs> yeah, like, and Maria were like nah you're grand like <laughs> oh, you know like, oh, it's really sore so like I went I was grand next day I fell in training and I couldn't move like I couldn't walk oh god and our, our trainer was like okay like I would have been tough like yeah and like, oh no like this isn't right then we got an MRI we rushed the results stress fracture like three months like it was just sugar yeah that's hard and I could have handled it an awful lot better but as in with the recovery yeah okay right um looking towards the future uh what's the sort of goals or ambition uh looking forward I know COVID is a big uh, stop to a lot of things but let's say when COVID's gone what are you hoping to do What what's the goal um I would like a big goal of mine is to win um a gold for Ireland I would yeah. love to win um in the small countries and then um I think a team thing that we're really focusing on is 
just pushing the program forward like I'd love to get us back into competing against the big teams like mm-hmm. and if we can be the segue to that like like we have so much talent coming it's ridiculous like mm-hmm. just preparing that for what's coming next like if we could set that up for everybody coming behind us it would be a major goal um I would all like love to win the national cup super league and a league both or one or more than that I really want to win a super league um and apart from that then just work-wise just getting a good job that I'm happy with like honestly like just having a passion about what you're doing like yeah. that's really just being passionate about whatever I am like it's a big mm-hmm. thing yeah you mentioned before about you were coming home and you're deciding and kind of looking to the future would you look at potentially playing uh, professionally abroad is that something you want to do or you just focus on your career uh, professional career kind of outside of basketball um I mean I never ruled it out um, mm. and I still haven't I'm just very much like I'm trying to get just finish this degree and then see what happens um mm. like this this it was around this time when I was a senior in college that Trinity just so happened to yeah. appear that opportunity created itself so like who knows but I would never rule out playing pro I do genuinely believe that I'm a type of person that can't just play basketball like mm. I would re- really struggle with it mm-hmm. um just because like I think if I had a bad game or a bad session that it would really impact my day rather yeah. than if I had a bad session and I got up the next day and I went to work yeah. I'd be fine you know like and that's something that's really helping me this year it's just opening my eyes to like I don't have man, many struggles, you know, like I haven't had to go through this or that. And like basketball is a privilege. And yeah. I think that's something amazing. And I don't want to let the talent go to waste and not try pro because I really would love to try it. But at the same time, I don't know if it's, I don't know if that lifestyle is for me, but yeah. Who knows? But at least you know that, like, you know, it's it's good that you are aware of, because I would probably be the similar kind of standpoint to you. I don't know if I, like, I love basketball. I don't know when I'm obviously not good enough but I don't know if I could deal with it being my job and being like if I have a bad game that's yeah. like I've nothing well you have other things but like you know what I mean you don't have a job to kind of distract yourself that's it like you're trying you're it's almost a forced distraction rather than an actual distraction you know yeah and like I probably like praise people that are our pros like it's very hard like and I have a lot yeah. of friends it's tough and it's day mm-hmm. in day out and it is hard and it's enjoyable do you know you like it but at mm. the same time I would I probably need a little break I took again after a season yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think fair play to the people that are able for it I might try it but look I don't know what's around yeah. the corner right now and I love my job so yeah you know. yeah you just take it one day at a time uh this final segment of the podcast is the sideline seven so the same seven questions for every guest I'm going to start off with question yeah. one what is your favorite quote right a massive quote person like I not I seek them out but like if something triggers me I love them uh, a coach in college our strength and conditioning coach he was um big on them as well yeah and like one I wouldn't say like it's a favorite quote but it's one that stuck with me a lot was uh control the controllables yeah and, like like 
why are you worried about something that you genuinely have no control over? Like COVID, we have no control over that other than doing what you can do. Do you know, mm-hmm. but I um, had a, a lecturer in college once as well. And this one got me. And I think this was kind of the one that was really, I don't know, it, was, it hit me at the right time. Like I needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, let me think, what did he say? Everyone, I don't want to crucify it now, but I think this is everybody, <clears throat> everyone has a song inside of them. It's up to you to find the voice to sing it. Oh, that's lovely. It's just, I don't know. It was just, it was something that got me and I was like, that's yeah. amazing. And I think particularly with learning through my job of like everybody else's life and like there are kids yeah. that I work with that don't have a voice right now there we're finding them a way to enjoy the world and like the same thing with basketball like that person might have the confidence but you could help give it to them like just stuff like that and it's just that's a that one I kind of carried with me since that lecturer said it and he was just such a lovely person as well so Oh, that's yeah. lovely. That, I'm going to add that to my list now. List of quotes <laughs> on my laptop. I'm absolutely weirdo. Um, but the interesting you were saying about the the controllables. That's something that I've only like realized probably last year with COVID and with a few things and just like. And I remember Jordan Blount kind of he really sparked the kind of idea in my head. He was like, "Why are you worrying about like kind of like I'm paraphrasing here and I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was like, why are you worrying about the ref and here American? Like you can only control one thing, and that's you. So why are you bothered to be worrying about all these other things? Because then you're not going to play as good as you can. Yeah, that was like the way that I would approach it as well. To be honest. Like, you can only control yourself. Like you yeah. can't control your team. You can't control anybody. You can work as hard as you can. Like you can, your work ethic, what you give right now is all that you can control. Like, it, and that's yeah. a brilliant way to look at it. Like work ethic. And it's a testament to just works hard the whole time. Do you know? Yeah just have a motor and like do what you can do to help the team and don't worry about anything else like yeah yeah absolutely a uh, question to best sporting event you've been to and that can be as a fan or as a player Ooh. oh god best sporting event um i'd say as a player would have been at miami when we won to go to the sweet 16 yeah uh, that was something else um, or else the senior national anthem when we played in Cork that oh, just the deadly. moment just the anthem like it was I mean the tournament we didn't do as good as we could have but the anthem yeah. was the first night um, was that your I, first senior tournament out of interest okay yeah, so that, yeah. that hit different probably then as well yeah, it did um, as a supporter I don't know like I saw LeBron in the garden okay I don't know the all Ireland's fab I always go I love that (laughs) what else yeah I actually don't know I love hurling like I love hurling okay so probably a hurling game like did you ever play camogie or anything or you just love watching no I just love watching (laughs) I I wasn't allowed like when I start I got interested in this when I started getting recruited by colleges my dad was like you're not playing come on you end up with like a fractured chin or something that's it and he's like you think you can treat someone like you would on a court (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, that's gas. Um, out of interest, actually, I meant to ask, with the NCAA tournament and this year with COVID, obviously they won't have fans, they won't have as many. Do you think that will have an effect on the teams or the players? And I read something recently, it was sort of like the underdogs were benefiting a bit. Do you think that's going to, or even, not even the underdogs, do you just think as from a personal point of view, that's going to change it for players or it's not going to be the same experience for probably the newer players? Well, it definitely won't be the same experience, 100%. Um, I, I would like to think that it wouldn't change the dynamic, to be honest. Mm. Like, I, I would like to think that people would take it as hard as they would anyway. Yeah. But I don't know, will they? Like, it's different. It'll be completely different for them. Yeah. But at the same time, it's the NCAA tournament. Like, yeah, you're, you're amongst the best, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'd hope that it, it doesn't change it too much for them and they can still understand the importance of it. But... I think, like you said, the underdogs, there's nothing like having a, a run and the crowd being behind you. So yeah. I think they'll struggle a little bit with that if they're making like a comeback against yeah. the big team. You need the crowd sometimes, you really do. Like, Okay. Do you think that would have had much, like from your personal perspective, wherever you've played, does the crowd play into your game slightly? Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, now... For the most part, I ignore it. Like, I don't really take notice of it. But, like, yeah. there's nothing like it when you're on a run and people, everyone's shouting. And, like, it pumps you up and you're like, all right, I'm going to ne- get the next play. I couldn't tell you who's in the crowd, but, like, <laughs> somebody, you know, like, I wouldn't even look, but it's just the noise. Like, yeah. it's just the noise. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it, I love it. I do. I, do. Yeah. I just, I ignore it, but I love it at the right time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to say, when we get back to Crow Park and all our final day, it'll be something else. I'll just be on my feet the entire game. I'm not even going to sit down. <laughs> I'm going. I don't care. We probably won't be in it, but I'll be. <laughs> You'll be there. You'll be there. Um, <clears throat> biggest achievement on or off, or biggest setback or challenge so far in your career? Um. <sighs> I'd say like it wasn't very much a setback that I went backwards. I think like that monster team stung. It stung. It wasn't okay. a setback. Set me up. Yeah. Um, and I had like a little time in college where I really struggled. Like I really struggled. Yeah. Um, that and it, again, it wasn't really a setback. I didn't play like I didn't enjoy it as much as I could have because I was so focused on doing the not doing something wrong rather than doing the right thing. I was focused yeah. on trying to prevent failure. Like it was the wrong way to look at it, but yeah. And again, it wasn't really a setback, but it, it definitely paused me yeah. in a time where I could have been getting better. Okay. Okay. That's really interesting. Uh, biggest achievement on or off the court. Ooh. Oh, I don't know. Off. Ooh. I haven't really done um, off the court. Um, to be honest, kind of combined maybe. Uh, like a proud moment for me definitely was like when my family came over for senior day. Mm. It was just, I don't know, like my brother Jason had been talking about it since I left. Yeah. Um, so like I have three older brothers and Jason's in the, in the middle. And um, he was like, yeah, look, the whole family be there kind of thing he was like yeah. we'd all have to go for her senior day and like he'd get mad if somebody said something else like yeah and it was 
like I knew they were coming my mom and my dad and my aunt and my brother and my two cousins and then they were bringing my two nephews um but I had four like I had four nephews at the time yeah and they were bringing the two because she had brought my mom had brought my oldest nephew for my 21st because we grew up like brother and sister yeah and then I got to the hotel like two days before the senior day and I was like Anna and the rest of them came out to so my other two Aww. brothers yeah my sister-in-law and my other two nephews and my aunt and my uncle and like I don't know it was just something that like they were there because I was there and it was yeah. just gave it we oh my god back to my emotions but like <laughs> we had um we all had to give a speech on the senior day and sure oh. I was like I'm going first <laughs> I'm gonna kill like oh I was hysterical but like just seeing them all there for that reason was so special like and yeah oh yeah it was that was definitely a proud thing for mm. a proud moment for me just to see like what I've done and they're all right by my side like it was yeah. it was brilliant that's lovely and uh, senior day you usually get do you get a jersey and the picture and to kind of, do sort of like a presentation is it yeah, they so they do a presentation just before uh, the game. So like all of us got called out with our families. Aww. They gave us a queue in yeah. a frame. And we got we got our jerseys after the season. So. Oh, okay, very good. That's that's lovely. Yeah, no, that's a nice that's a nice memory. Um, advice to your eighteen year old self, and that can be in a basketball or non basketball context. Um, calm down a little bit. Like okay, crazy. Uh. I was expecting yeah. asking more questions there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was quiet like when I was in. Oh, but um, yeah, just sound it out. Like, because there's a lot of negativity in the world. Like, and just nobody really cares. Like, not that nobody really cares, but like a lot of people are more worried about themselves than they are about you. And like, yeah, naive sometimes to think otherwise. Um, yeah. And I would say, like, enjoy it balance um listen to my parents more definitely um I didn't realize at the time how much I wasn't like not listening to them but like mm. they were just having an impact that I didn't realize they were having on me and it was positive 100% positive but like yeah some, they would say certain things and I'd be like no you're wrong <laughs> no they're not like they are not <laughs> so definitely listen to them more and just trust myself a little bit trust the work that I've put in uh, yeah. I was really hard on myself like I still am and I I wouldn't take that back because I think that I never had a sense of entitlement and I never felt like I was entitled and I'm you're not entitled to anything like you have to earn what you get yeah um, but I if I trust myself a little bit more with some things yeah be better. Do you kind of back yourself a bit more have a bit more confidence in yourself and what your ability yeah 100% just knowing that like I've put the work in now like you know understanding that and like men- mentally like if I haven't trained hard enough that week I won't feel as confident going into a game so like okay I know myself now to do and like to work out as much as I can like so yeah, yeah I do back myself that bit more okay interesting you were saying there about working hard up to a game is that kind of your routine you really train hard during the week before yeah. the game yeah yeah I would um uh, somebody said it a few I don't know who said it before but um I want to say last week or sorry I came across it and like training really hard and then 
the games are fun or something create like oh yeah you um in the this is one of my coaches in the states the strength and conditioning guy but he would say if you train you always fall back to your habits that you train yeah. so train at a very high level then yeah. you fall back to a habit in a game is still higher than the person next to you, you yeah. know i take that mantra like train harder than you would play but like don't you know like yeah I know what you're saying totally yeah yeah I think um Sean Flood was on Hipfolio and I took his quote from his coach he was like what we do in the dark will reveal itself in the light similar to you when you're out in the court like you're gonna know if you put the work in or not because it's gonna show like yes yeah 100% even if it doesn't show physically, mentally, it always does with me. Like, I know myself. It's cra- it's crazy, but yeah. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Uh, dream dinner guest and wine. You can pick a few for this one. Oh. Right. Sporting-wise, I would say, uh, like, LeBron is always my top. Like, I just love LeBron. Um, yeah. Just what he's about, everything about him. Like, I think he's incredible. Yeah. Um, who else? Sporting-wise... I used to love Messi as a kid. I don't know why. Yeah. I think just the World Cup and stuff like that. I used to love him. Um, late Princess, like Lady Diana. Okay. I, like, I've watched so many documentaries. Like, it's insane. I just, I don't know why. Like, it's completely random. And I know it's a total non-sporting person. But, like, yeah. just everything that she was about, again, like, just helping everyone around her. I just... I valued that um, personality. Yeah. yeah, LeBron does that as well. I I like would love to chat to him. Not even about the basketball thing, but it's like the off the court stuff. Like his skill, like he's I can't even like he's done so much and he's gonna uh-huh. keep doing. And like it's incredible because he came from nothing and he like you were saying he's gonna help. Like that yeah. quote about the voice. He's given the voice to the kids yeah. who don't have the the voice yet. Exactly, and that's like giving back to what you know if you never had something then giving back to the other kid like that's those are the best players I think like it's not about what you're doing on the court it's the impact that you're having off it like yeah it's no nine times out of ten it's not the best player that's the best part people person yeah when a good player can be a good people person they can do something really good yeah they can be really special I I agree totally with that yeah absolutely and if your life was a book what chapter would this be called Oh. <laughs> this always don't see people as well. Tired. <laughs> Tired. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but my life is a book. Oh, this is tough. Um, keep the, no, I wouldn't say that. The bigger picture. Okay. Thinking well, of the bigger picture, I think. Because of COVID or? Yeah, everything. Um, just... Like this has kind of, I think like before I went into this years ago, I would have always said basketball, basketball, basketball. And then I started yeah. to enjoy career and I saw, I saw a world outside of basketball. Yeah. Then I traveled, like I saw more people. I saw the conditions that some people are in. I, you know, just there's a lot of adversity out there and like losing a game is not important. Like, yeah. you know, just in, like in the bigger picture, it's not. Yeah biggest and you are only a little dot in the big world like you know it's just yeah 
I think I would call it the bear. That's a nice little chapter yeah. name. <laughs> yeah, that is that's a good title I have to say now that's that's really nice and your reasoning and stuff I was like oh <laughs> <laughs> gee I don't know people like they hit me hard there. First one was tired, so <laughs> improvement. Oh. oh, that was great. Look, Adele, we're, we're going on so long here. Thank you so much. That was absolutely amazing. Uh, I just want to wish you the best of luck with everything, with all this, whatever way the seasons go, whatever, with the European Championships, everything. And look, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Amelia, for having me. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Adele. Thanks. See you later. Bye. massive thank you to Adele for coming on today I thoroughly enjoyed that episode and I hope you did too a fantastic player and an even better person I took a lot away from the conversation be sure to let me know over on Instagram who you would like to hear from if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you did enjoy the episode be sure to leave a rating and a review if you're interested in starting up your own podcast be sure to get in touch with the Primal Productions team over on Instagram at Primal Pro